Right, we're going to read from Colossians chapter 1. Very short reading uh, from verse 15, if you're following. Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. I seem to be losing my... <laughs> this is a trick you play on people who come and read the Bible. It's the weight of the word of God, Andy. <laughs> Just go away, Martin. <laughs> uh, it's not normally like this. So, Colossians chapter 1, verse 15. And he is the image of the, of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation. For by him all things were created, both in the heavens and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, all things have been created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and in him all things hold together. He is also head of the body, the church, and he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, so that he himself might come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, and through him, to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of his cross. Through him, I say, whether things on earth or things in heaven. And uh, today we come to our last opportunity to do this. We've seen from this passage that it's about God reconciling, rescuing uh, sinful people. We saw yesterday that Jesus is not only the rescuer, but Paul wants us to see that Jesus is the king. And now... There's one more, perhaps even the greatest aspect of Jesus' character, this cute, foot-long, chubby little baby. Paul wants us to see that Jesus is God. Um, I showed you a picture uh, two weeks ago, or two Sundays ago. I'm very confused on my days now about something I'm very afraid of. It was a needle. Do you remember that? I hate going to the dentist and the doctors. I'd do anything to avoid it. Anyone with a white coat, I get very nervous about. Here's something else that some people love or hate, and it's not Marmite. I don't know if this is real, because that looks too crazy, even for people that love roller coasters. But uh, if that was real, I would not be near it. I would be miles away from it, because I hate roller coasters. But some people love it. This passage from Colossians chapter 1 is a little bit like a roller coaster. There are a few moments when you're just chugging along up and up and up and up to a peak and then you're right the way down again. Because Paul wants us to show how great Jesus is. And so I wonder if I can do that just for a few minutes this morning to show you that Jesus is not just a rescuer, not just king. Either of those would be enough. But Paul says actually Jesus is God as well. He's God as well. This passage does it in a way that almost no other passage in the Bible does it. It's higher, it's higher almost than anything else. And here are a few highlights that I want to show you. From sentence 15, verse 15, let me read it back to you. Jesus, it says, is the image of the invisible God. And many people jump to the end of that sentence, sentence 15, to the, the last clause, and it says, he is the firstborn above all creation. Now, what does that mean? bit foggy, it's Christmas Day morning, which one is it? Does it mean that he's first at the beginning of the sentence and yet he's made? 
Because it says that he's the firstborn above all creation. What does that mean? It does not mean that Jesus was made. It says at the end, Jesus is above all creation. We thought about that yesterday. Jesus exists beyond time and space. Jesus existed before the world was spoken into being by his own lips. When Jesus was born, boys and girls, this is their kind of a about to drop down on the roller coaster. When Jesus was born, he was still king, he was still fully God, and yet he's truly man as well. At that point, your head should be spinning as if you're on a roller coaster, because I don't understand that, but the Bible says it, and so we need to believe it and grapple with it. Jesus Christ, when he was born, when that light, that star shone down, Paul is saying, you need to understand something about Jesus. He's the rescuer, he's king, but he's also completely God. He's the image of the firstborn, and he's over all creation. That means he's king. And he's the firstborn above all creation. Now, at that point, firstborn, you might just think, oh, I've got a brother or a sister, and I'm the youngest and they're the oldest, or I'm the oldest and I got everything harder. My parents are firmer with me because I'm the eldest. Who thinks that? Not me, because I'm the youngest. But look, that's not what it means. When Paul said this to the original readers, he would have known that when they read the word firstborn, that's a word that means inheritance. It means that you get all the money, all the time, all the energy, all the clothes, all the property. You get everything. If you are the firstborn... That means you get everything. And if you are the firstborn who gets everything, get this. That means that you are equal to the Father. Because everything the Father has, you have. And then Paul says, I want you to understand that Jesus Christ, he's the image of the invisible God. He's the firstborn above all creation. He's not made, he was before creation. And I want you to get this, he's the firstborn over all creation. That means everything was made by him. Everything, we thought about this yesterday, is kept going by him and everything belongs to him. Ready for one more hairpin turn? Verse 19 says, All the fullness of God dwells in him. Okay, put your seatbelts on. You've got to have them on, apparently, when you're on one of those roller coasters. I wouldn't know, because I don't like them. Vampire's my limit. If you go to World of Adventures, you know what I mean. All the fullness of God is in Jesus. Now, I'll let you into a secret. Who likes um, cheesecake? Okay, good. Thank you for your honesty. Who likes pie of any sort? Okay, who loves anything unhealthy? Okay. You should turn around. Everyone's got their hands apart from you. You're, you're kind of health people. Now look, I used to think that sentence, all the fullness of God dwells in Jesus. I used to think of God was a bit like a pie. Don't tell your parents this, because they won't employ me anymore. I used to think that there was Jesus, and he was part of the cheesecake or the pie, and then there was the God part, and then there was the Holy Spirit part. So there are three parts of the pie, just like there are three parts, three persons of God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Okay, But then a few years ago, I was taught that that's not true. And one of the reasons that's not true is because of this verse. Verse 19 of Colossians chapter 1 that Paul writes down. Because that verse says, 
all the fullness of God dwells in Jesus. So the greatness of God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit, all of that greatness is in Jesus. Jesus is fully God, and God is shown fully in the person of Jesus. See why you need your seatbelt on? Not only does everything belong to him, not only is everything made by him, not only is everything sustained by him, this little baby, when he was born, is fully God. Now that should make your hair stand up. Because this baby is small, he's a foot long, and yet he's fully God. But then there's one more surprise. Jesus, this baby, who's the rescuer, who's king of the whole world, who is completely, fully God, revealed, it says that he is the creator, but then it says also, he's the firstborn from the dead. He sustains everything, he keeps everything going, and yet he died. He made everything, and yet he died. He's the firstborn from the dead. He was there at the beginning, and he's there at the new beginning, when God sent his son to rescue us. Now that's quite something. And this means, I had a picture for Connie yesterday, which was Lewis Hamilton Formula One. This is for Johnny. That means when God sent his son, who is fully, truly man and truly God, the God of the heavens and the earth, the God who was born and who would die, that means he was not a hologram, like someone from Star Wars. He had true humanity. He was a true little boy, but at the same time he was truly God. So he looked like this, not like a hologram. God sent his son, and his name is Jesus. He's the rescuer, he's the king, and he's fully God, and I do not understand that. But the Bible says it, so we need to wrestle with it. Here are two words I want to leave you with. If we understand a little bit more about the greatness of this baby, two R's. Number one, it means reordering. Now here comes a quiz. First of all, what's that called? A Rubik's Cube. Rubik's Cube, okay? That's a very old thing. It's not a modern thing. It's now become modern again. Um, Ruben, how long does it take for you to solve it? Ish? Really? You need to get out more. Um, <laughs> but uh, very well done to you. If it was a four-sided one, four, try again. If it was one with four on a side, even shorter? No. Longer. If it had four on a face rather than nine? Shorter. Wow. Okay. But look, I want you to help me here. So, here is a word that needs to be reordered, these letters. Can anyone work out, if you re-jumble or unjumble those letters, what word do you get? Hands up, please. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine. Come on. Something you receive. <laughs> Gifts. Okay. Gifts. Well done. Go to plus. What about that one? That needs reordering, that word. There's some very clever people here. Can you get it? Carols. There's one more. This is the hardest one of all. Really? How did you get that so quickly? Come on, I'll give you a few more. Andy. Andy's got it. Got it? Shepherds. These things need reordering. Here's the serious point. When you see 
that Jesus Christ is the rescuer, he's the king. And when you see that this baby who was held by a young mum called Mary, when you see who he is, it means you need to start to reorder your life. Because Paul writes this, in everything, Jesus might have supremacy. You know we sing the song, Jesus number one, right at the top where he belongs? Who he is and what he's done makes Jesus number one. That really is about this verse. Everything God has done in the life and person of Jesus, his birth, his life and his death and resurrection, if Jesus is who he says he is, it means we've got to get our life in order. In other words, adults, you know those vitamins you should take but don't? Jesus can't be like that. Boys and girls, you know those gummy bears that your uh, parents shove down you? Actually, they don't because they taste like sugar, so you like them. Jesus can't be just a vitamin that you take or you don't take. If you see who Jesus Christ is, it's going to change everything in your life. Being a Christian, it means that you would reorder everything as you hear his voice through the Bible as you understand more of what he's done and what he will yet do, well, that means you'll reorder your life. Because in everything, he must have supremacy. He must be number one. Is he number one for you? Here's the second R. If the first one is reordering, unjumbling stuff, the second word is rejoicing. Is rejoicing. What would you be able to uh, sing about at Christmas. Here's something. Paul says, God sent his son Jesus on a rescue mission. He's the first SAS trooper. And the reason he came was to reconcile people to himself, to mend a broken relationship. When we would never go looking for him, God came looking for us. He came down into the dirt and the mess. We thought about that yesterday. Jesus came down. And here's a question for you. When you sing about things at Christmas, what do you sing about? What do the angels sing about? Here's a verse from a song. In the bleak midwinter, what can I give Jesus? What can I give him when I'm poor? What can I give him if I was a shepherd? I'd give him a sheep, a lamb. If I was a wise man, well, I would do my part. What can I give him? I could give him my heart. When you see something more of the nature of Jesus, when you see that he is a rescuer, a king, God, the only thing you can give him is not money that won't make you right with God. You come to him with dirty and empty hands and you receive his gift. Because here's something I've been scratching my head on this week as I close. In the Old Testament, in the first part of the Bible, God comes as an earthquake. God comes in fire. God comes as a tornado. God comes as lightning. Those are parts of what happens when he arrives. But now in Jesus at Christmas, the maker of heaven and earth comes truly man and truly God so that we can hold him. I don't understand how amazing that is. I'm just beginning. And so what should you and what could you do to that greatest gift? 
the only thing you can do is to give him your heart. That's the best thing you could do even today. Let's pray, and then we're going to sing about it again. Father, thank you for the greatest gift that the world has ever received. Help us not to create room in our lives for him, but I pray that we would bow before him and worship him because that's what Jesus deserves, because he's king, because he's God. He makes our hearts beat. He makes our lungs work. So Father, please, this Christmas time, help us to respond by reordering our lives if we need to, and certainly by rejoicing for all that you've done for us. Amen.